quarantine, you know the vibes. Zoom. What's good, y'all? Pro to Goat here letting you know that I'm running a special on rapart.com. 25% off any one of these rap art pieces, and there's plenty more on the website. If you use my name, Pro, P-R-O, at the very end of your checkout, you get 25% off. These are just a few. Look, Coming at Age of Hip Hop Story 1. We got Coming at Age of Hip Hop Story 2. We got the many faces of Snoop Dogg. We got Jigga Man. We got the many faces of Post Malone. We got NBA Youngboy. We got Kodak Black. We got Juice World. We got ASAP Rocky. We got everything on there, man. So make sure you go to rapart.com. Use my name, P-R-O, as your promo code to get 25% off and get you some rap art. And now, back to the interview. Yeah. What's poppin'? Straight London. Quarantine questions with rap TV. Yeah. You can quarantine the body. But you can't quarantine my soul. Yo, what's good, yo? We got Dre London in the building, virtually, of course. You may know him from being Post Malone's manager and more recently silent Tyler Yahweh and Tyga. Man, we had him here. We actually had Tyler Yahweh here a little while ago. Um, he's also the CEO of London Entertainment Management, entrepreneur in his own right. But yeah, I'd like to officially welcome you to Quarantine Questions Rap TV, man. I'm your host, Pro the Goat. What's good, bro? How's it going, man? It's good, Pro the Goat. I'm good, man. Damn, that sounded like a little... Made me sound big, bro. I like that intro. <laughs> Made me sound so like a big <laughs> You know. We're doing an interview from the desk of the office, but it's good. It's good. It's good. How you been? I love it. I love it, man. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, Ty Tyler just went gold, right? On his new single, The High Right Now? Yes. Tyler Yahweh uh, just went gold on High Right Now. His first ever plaque. His first ever, um, you know, commemoration of... I'm doing this. Like it's it's crazy when you see artists come from zero and start growing, and then you see them get a gold record. Like, bro, it's crazy. Yeah, man, it must be nuts. And then, um, like I said, we interviewed him a little while ago. We saw his house, his new house. Like, he finally is actually in it now. He's not on tour. Um, and he showed us the paintings. I don't know if you saw the murals in his house that he's got the paintings up with the Pikachu and this other. <laughs> I'm like, bro, Tyler's cool, bro. He's so cool, bro. He's like learned a lot in the last, over the last two years. Like he's definitely learned a lot. And he's learned uh, the need for organic, for organic growth. Nothing happens overnight today. Like nothing is fast. Right. Anything that happens fast falls fast. And at the end of the day, he's definitely learned organic growth is the way forward. Facts, man. Facts. And then also Tommy Lee, the music video, it's at like 20 million views right now, right? You almost be excited about that. Oh my God, very excited. Like, I just wanted to make sure that the first time him and Post ever had a song together, that it would be the same thing organically, not something that was forced, not something mm -hmm. that people was like, oh, because you could just put two artists together and think, oh, he's in that camp now. And I, I liked when I heard people saying, why don't they have a song together when Tyler had his project out and they still didn't have a song together, like his first project. And then we just shot them during during the quarantine. Mm -hmm. Organically, organically, mm -hmm. you know, like you wouldn't even believe. That video, Post is just such a natural, bro. Like, he, he went, I think he spent an hour, two hours on the video, and stopped shooting, and he went back to his life. <laughs> For real? A few shots, yeah. Went took a few shots. Didn't need to change and do nothing. He's just like got this organic thing about him. And if it doesn't work organic, he will tell you. It will tell me. 
no, mm-hmm. Drake's not going out. Like he's very hands-on with things like that. Yeah, they they were having fun in a limo too. I saw him dancing, like both of them, like doing. <laughs> yeah, always having fun, bro. Like it's really it's really good to see their relationship have grown over the years and now doing what they're doing and now having a big song named after Tommy Lee and then Tommy Lee coming. Yeah. Tommy Lee saying how cool it is having a song named after him, which is such a legend, you know, from rock days. It's just, well, I'm just trying to do things organic and we're trying to move the needle as much as we can organically and like just do things the right way, man. And behind that, we're just growing as much as we can and growing so many different things we're we're getting to later. For sure, man. And then I saw in the music video too, Post Malone, like it seemed like he had his hand wrapped. Did he break his hand or something? You know, you're very smart. Yeah, just before that, he was doing something. And he had, he had like, was clicking something back. He was out with, they were out on the ranch shooting guns and doing all crazy stuff. And I think he clocked back something and it burned him or something like five minutes before. And then like, and then five, ten minutes after that, he wraps his hand around his thing and goes, ah, what are they doing? Are they shooting over there? Let me go. Let me go have a look. And I'm like, this guy, and then the next thing I see them shooting, and he's got the finger on his hand. And I'm like, yo, only him. <laughs> that was hilarious, man. That was hilarious. Um, and shit, and since it is quarantine questions, bro, you know, I got to ask you, like, how have you been dealing with the whole lockdown, you know, from the manager's standpoint? I know it slowed things down as far as tours and everything, right? Yeah, it slowed things down as far as touring, and stuff like that, like touring, no one has been able to tour. So we know that that's a main source of income where our jobs is concerned. Like we, we stopped, we had five shows left of a tour. We have missed the whole summer. We had festivals all, all across Europe, touring, this, that. Like we was gonna do landmark, legendary stuff. Like Hyde Park is this huge park in the center of London. I can't believe that we was about to go and do Hyde Park. and. That was like a dream come true. And that was one of the shows that was canceled. And I was like, really pissed, but what can you do, bro? And I'm not, I'm not gonna, what's the word? I'm not going to just start though. Like quarantine mm-hmm. has been a whole different story. I don't know how everyone else's quarantine has been, but quarantine has been a, been a great, great moment to take a stop from moving. All oh, this is moving so fast, I've got to take a stop make sure the system, the office is working good, make sure everyone is focused, make sure now if an engine, like from him, from this quarantine, if the engine even has one drip of oil come out and spill onto the steel, I'll catch it before mm-hmm. it hits it. So like, it's been good for me. From looking at the systems, from projects to the wine, the number nine wine that we launched, what we was working on from last year, Oh, like, it's been really good being able to roll out all these different projects that I've been working on for last year. So it, it, it was kind of like a gift to me at the end of the day. Like, I made the use of getting smarter and learning more about everything that we're doing and just critiquing things, making things better. It gave me time to make much, much things better. That's dope. And then you said that uh, that venue was in London. You were talking about Hyde, was it Hyde Park? Yeah, we was gonna do Hyde Park this summer. But we was about to do Hyde Park in the middle of the U- in the middle of London. Bro, it's like okay, that is it's like I don't know. It's like doing Central Park in New York. 
Okay, okay, okay. And it, it wasn't wasn't it like a year ago that I think Post performed in London, right? And he dedicated the song to you, and then like did White Iverson right after. Yeah, at the O2. He knew it was one of my dreams to sell out the O2 Arena. I remember I used to drive past there all the time for many years and always dreamed about doing something in this place or having there was just something in my mind about mm -hmm. the place and the hours that I have a special part or something in this place. And it ended up being him selling out two nights in a row, like 18 to 20,000 people, two nights in a row. Damn. And then Hyde Park is like the next level, you, you think, like above that? It's like Hyde Park is like stadium. Oh. It's like, I don't know, 60,000 people. That's insane. That's, that's insane. So it was it was going to be like a landmark moment for me. And like, don't say we're not going to get to do it. Yeah, next year, y'all got that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we're working on a lot of big things, man. We're working on a hit. Post his music right now. Next level. Good space. Yes, he's always in a good space. But like, why, where he's been at home, no pressure, no studio working at home like he he's got some next level i know people are like oh you always say that or oh, i say but the last time i said it he had an album of the year with hollywood's Bleed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know i might know yeah. i'm sure i know a little bit <laughs> thanks thanks man and then um shit, let's take it back to the beginning so you're originally from the uk right and then you moved to the us in what 2008 yeah okay so i moved 2008 from London to New York, and mm -hmm. working on music from there, working with artists from New York, like French Montana, Jada Cancer, mm -hmm. a lot of producers. Um, and then 2000 and 2014, I was going back and forth from LA, from London to LA, and mm -hmm. then that's when I met Pulse. And okay. I'm not saying it happened overnight, it was happened over a year because I met him probably about March and by October, November, he finally said yes to me managing him. Mm -hmm. And then February, we put out White Iverson. We put out another song first in January and then February, we put out White Iverson. What was the first song? Uh, That's It. Oh, uh, okay. Bet, bet. And do you remember, Um, I might, uh, I don't know if I want to jog your memory real, real quick, but uh, you remember New York Minute? Of course. <laughs> Speak a little bit about that, man. New York Minute was a song that I first got, or first made, where I was in New York, and a producer that I was working with, Harry Fraud, I had tried to introduce a French to him. The French took so long, he didn't want to work with it. He was stubborn. Everyone's in their ways. I say he didn't want to work mm -hmm. with him. Stubborn in his ways, you know, set in his ways. When I finally got them to work, and then we worked on this song called New York Minute with Jada Kiss and Fresh Montana. For me then, just hitting, to hear it on mm -hmm. seven, that gave me the notion since back then, before Pulse, before all of this, like me thinking like, hold on. And I didn't get paid for it, another story. So mm -hmm. I learned three lessons in one. <laughs> three lessons in one right there. Like, hold on, I didn't get paid for this. I'm now hearing on the radio. And number three, I can do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They validated that for you, right? For you, right? Yeah, I could do this. My ear heard this. My ear put this together, said like, yo, let's work this. Let's put this record together and and then started yeah. moving. And after that he had a short caller. And mm -hmm. you know, just started, started things just started coming together. I was just looking at like, okay, now I'm like 
executive producing records that are fire and that, again, probably they're not the biggest records in the world, but they were getting a lot of reputation in New York and across the East Coast, Boston. And a lot of people know these records from that, that time and that era. And I think that was the whole learning curve, that whole era I, I learned from what I mm-hmm. took in 2015 with Pulse. Mm-hmm. Facts, facts. And then like, honestly, while you were moving in the industry, making your mark in the game and everything, um, I'm just curious to know, once you were doing the New York, LA thing for a little while before you actually moved over there, and then until you met Post Malone, where were you in your life a few months before that? Were you working with labels? What were you doing exactly? No, I quit. Like, I didn't okay. quit I'm not quitting. It's the wrong word. I said I was going to take a fall back from the business. Because you see, I love the music, but I hated the business. Mm-hmm. And I fell back for a while and I was developing what people would think is crazy. What as some people know, and I've said it in a few interviews before, I was developing my women's shoe line, Cruel London. And I had this crazy idea for how I wanted it to be, how I wanted the hill to look, and like this whole concept from when I was in New York. So it's crazy because my passion that I put into that where it didn't matter how much money I had to spend or not that it didn't matter how much money I had to spend mm-hmm. but I was putting the passion into that that was something that I loved and I wanted to make women's shoes and how nice they could be and like go to flew to Italy came back had designs cads this that crazy stuff and that that's when I was that's when I'm post just after I got the first samples for that and I don't know I feel like the passion that I had for that I didn't have that same passion and wanted to break his career and it didn't matter it wasn't like oh you have to spend crazy money you have to find this you have to buy this no it was just like the passion that I had and belief in him I knew that with once you finish with that passion what comes next is the energy you have the energy you have the passion you have the time and you have the consistent and you have the quality, mm-hmm. next was what, what was the result. What, what, was that, what was that first Post Malone song that you heard that made you go, hold on, something's different. He's special. Bro, it was this song when I was, I remember I was calling it Sing Rap. I used to tell him, can you sing rap? Like, because he would play guitar at night and mm-hmm. it would happen in the day. I'm like, yo, there's like a middle between this, a middle ground between this. Like today, everyone knows it's like melodic. This stuff. Like, there wasn't no one calling it that back then. And mm-hmm. I was telling him, like, can't you sing rap or like find a medium or figure, find some way. And he went away to Texas for like four days, three, four days. And then came back. And when he came back, bro, I thought he wasn't listening. I thought mm-hmm. he wasn't like, because I, I also heard first say that to him also, FK, uh, FKI first. And I'm like, I wonder what it's gonna sound like. Anyway, he goes, he comes back, and he makes a song called 40 Got Me Funky. And it was and he would sing rapping. Like, I didn't know how else to explain it then. I have to mm-hmm. keep actually told me to jog my memory. So now I'm like, wow, this blood, this is the sound, this is it. That's it. You heard it was sweet. I knew it was it. And I think we put that song out on our mixtape later on, and it was like, 40 got me funky. I parked my life. I was like, wow. And then after that, he made That's It. And then when you notice that everyone around the house was singing it, just walking around without noticing that they were singing, I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And nice. he moved from we moved from the house of one split. This is that he made White Iverson and Rex's studio in Pacific Palisades, and I think everyone fell asleep and he started because post people don't know post made White Iverson himself. Like he produced it. Oh, he did everything. Yeah, he produced it. And then I think a couple of other people came in, tweaked it, did one or two little things. Nothing major. He already made the whole beat. He already did the whole thing. So mm-hmm. it, that was just after that. Put it out one night on SoundCloud. I wouldn't say it just goes like that. Afterwards, of course, there was like a, a snowball. Yeah, in fact. Started talking about it like, wow, what is this? This song's dope or whatever. Like, rest in peace, Mac Miller. He was one of the first to say it, Mac Miller. And it was, mm-hmm. they were like, yo, what is this? Like on Twitter, I tweeted it, like talking about, I used those things to then start hitting up Complex, Beta, if mm-hmm. you remember that time. Like, like mm-hmm. blogs was big, yeah. Yeah, and then hitting the blogs. And I said, bro, I was doing seven jobs at once. <laughs> Five or six months, Bobby would tell you, he works me, like, we're doing seven jobs in, in one one time, bro. Emails, people coming back in, publicists, this, that, like li- literally like grinding it out and making sure that I was protecting what the baby and putting my hand around it until it could grow, if that makes sense. Facts, facts. And did, so who did who introduced you to Post Malone? Was there like a person that knew him that was like, Hey, you gotta listen to this kid or so bronze from the UK, some of the song types so crazy. Someone from the UK that I know, he used to live in Miami and we used to talk every now and then. And then it happened that I went to LA and he was in he moved from Miami to LA at the same time. So even though we had talked many times on the phone, the first time we really connected was when we was in LA. And then he mm-hmm. was telling me about this house with gamers, YouTubers, all right, YouTubers, it's 2015, bro. <laughs> Best friend played Minecraft, and that's how he got to this house. His friend wanted him to live with him in LA and wanted him to pursue his dreams too. So he yeah. out while his friend twice a day would commentate on Minecraft. And like he, at 18, 19 years old, this mm-hmm. kid had Aston Martin. I was like, what the? Like, I was just seeing a different world. Like, it was kids was ahead at that time. Like, it was a certain thing happening in that era. And he was like, I want to bring you to this house. Like, I don't know. Like, there's something there, though. I, like, I just know there's something there. Like, there's producers, there's this, there's that. Like, and then that house, he then moved in. The house became like a gamer's house. Like, a, do you know the kind of house? Like, a couple of one of influencers, but then people would pass by every day. It was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And moved in. I think a couple of times when I was going and coming back. I was staying there and just the relationship was growing with Post and blah, 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 and just from there. That's crazy, man. Pressure him to be his manager, like pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, him I saw something different in him than I saw in a lot of other people. And I just, some things you know, some things you know you can take and work together as a team and take it to the top. Was that your first time being a manager or were you a manager to another artist before? Manager before that. I had an artist from the UK that I moved to America with, and then he was going back and forth from the UK, and I decided, like, I'm not going back to the UK. Mm-hmm. I'm just here to grind this out and, like, get to mm-hmm. the top of this music thing. I'm going to figure it out. It's not even just music, entertainment, full stop. Because now it's moved to, like, movies, this, that. We're working on so many other things. So I just knew I wanted to get to the top of the entertainment game. Obviously, like, how, how do I do it? You think you can it? You could do it. 
Facts. And just as just as a fan like myself, a fan of rap, a fan uh, a fan of hip hop, I remember where I was personally when I first heard White Iverson. And I, I had just moved to LA. I was in West Hills. Um, and somebody played it for me on SoundCloud. It was SoundCloud. It was doing it was smart. People was like playing it in the after party, like the house parties the after mm-hmm. in the morning. Like I, I broke why Iverson is so smart. It was like a smart way. It was the cool, the cool song. Even if you mm-hmm. didn't hear it at the club that time, you was hearing it at the awful parties. That's what girls was drinking and mm-hmm. all this post Malone guy. Like, why did I have a song? Like, it was just that different new sound. Everyone likes to hear a different, fresh new sound. And in the beginning, I made, made sure that people had to go and look for him to find out what he looked like. People literally had to go to Instagram. Remember, his account would even... Yeah, because nobody knew. Uh, yeah, it was Post Malone free in the beginning, like that Post Malone free, and like people had to go and see him, and they grew to what they saw. We had to yeah, do at that time, it was all a lot of work. This is all a lot of work. So how? So okay. So speak about SoundCloud a little bit. So how did you get it to actually trend on SoundCloud? Did you have a friend in the industry? Did you put money behind it? Like how did that happen? <laughs> I was trying to get some sauce. Like <laughs> okay, so of course. Um, with marketing and different stuff, I had to go and find out like who, who's running the SoundCloud, like who's the guys that's got these accounts, who's the guys that's got like these. Like today, it's different. Today they call it playlists. Mm-hmm. Then it was SoundCloud had their playlists. It wasn't called playlists at the time either. So mm-hmm. people would have their songs on there, and there'll be ones that people would go to more popular because they knew every week these people would have the fresh, more mm-hmm. fresh records or the new artists. So I looked for those gatekeepers. I looked for those tastemakers at the time. I found all of them. I found one guy who knew so many of them at once. And then I, while the song was already still doing this, then mm-hmm. I paid a marketing fee and said, hey, I need these guys to put this in their playlist and da 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 da. And mm-hmm. they put it in there, it helped the growth. Then other people start playing. The more people start hearing it, you know, it just starts getting crazy. Then mm-hmm. after it started doing what it was doing and getting very popular on SoundCloud, I remember Apple Music was launched just before. It was iTunes, and it was just launching Apple Music streaming. This was at a time when Spotify was yeah. big in Europe, but not big in America. Mm-hmm. And SoundCloud, um, after that SoundCloud thing, Apple Music asked us to, to feature it. And oh shit! Time, yeah, I remember at the time I was just like, "What, bro?" I didn't even understand totally. Like I understood the whole thing, but then mm-hmm. I read the email. I was like, "Apple feature? Yeah, like, can I sign off on it? Hell yeah, they're gonna feature a song. <laughs> it's Apple." <laughs> instead of yeah, it, where they wanted to feature a song of the month, but then started getting phone calls two weeks later. Yo, White Iverson, I'm in the Apple store. White Iverson's on. I'm in the Apple store. Like, people were in different places. I'm like, what? So they had it come on on the, on the Apple. Oh, shit. But when it came on, it was the song I'm on. So whatever came on in the Apple store, that was the song. All oh, these little cool. different things. Like, I'm not saying, you put all these different things together for a snowball, bro, and you can get, mm-hmm. you can get action. It doesn't matter. It's not just an artist. It's any business. Any business that you parallel put a plan to and light the fire and just consistently press facts facts 
and early on it was this mystique about it right you didn't know what he looked like any of that stuff and you're just like that song like like if you were cool you knew that song you know what i mean like if you knew new music you knew it that's why i did i made it like you were if you were a buffer you were part of the breakfast club because for four months i didn't part of the video i remember the first time uh when i linked asap rocky he was like that was you yeah mad I'm a fan of hip hop. I wanted to see that video right away. Why are you waiting four months? And I was like, wow. Like, that was my, I, I, instantly I was like, I love this rookie guy. I love ASAP Rocky. Immediately <laughs> after that, because he was saying that, like, he fucks with the song. He fucks with why you made mm -hmm. that stuff. But, bro, it was a part of the notion of people coming into him, people getting closer to what? Mm -hmm. Like, being real, I feel that's why, I feel that's why he has real fans today. If you think about it, to me, yeah, because there was no fake. We didn't go out to see looking for something. We didn't. Mm -hmm. Everybody that came to him was drawn in to him by his music. Yeah, it's a transitioning into the radio sphere of it, right? So I heard somewhere, and I don't know if this is true, but is it true that DJ Charisma was the first DJ to break the song on radio in LA? Yes. Yes. No. Hold on. 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 LA Leakers. Was that the first? LA Leakers or DJ Charisma. I'm trying to think about it, bro. Uh, wow, that's a good argument. Because LA Leakers was the first to play on any radio. I have to hand that to them, bro. They mm -hmm. a serious XM show. So maybe, I don't know if you want to count that as FM, but that's not FM. Yeah. LA Leakers was the first to play on Sirius XM. And then on radio, I remember picking up posts one day from, he's coming back from Texas or something, and I picked him up at the airport. And the mm -hmm. most craziest thing happened, I'll never remember. I even have goosebumps right now while I'm talking about it. I picked him up from the airport. He gets in the car, closes the door, and the song's playing. And he's looking at me like, what did you do? I'm like, what do you mean, what did I do? I'm like, bro, ain't this crazy? And he's like, what did you do? I'm like, bro, no, what did we do? I'm like, bro, first of all, we took over the internet. Then we took over the clubs where he home and wherever he could getting that show money, that cash, you know, at the beginning, that low show, quick club money. And then after you've done that, everyone's hyped and loves the song. Radio has to play it, bro. Mm-hmm. They have no choice. Same time, this going on, there's a bidding war going on with record labels and stuff, you know. Yeah. And and the record labels didn't pay for the White Iverson music video, did they? That Was, was that you? I did. Yeah, I did. I remember... Um, you, I remember the, the whole video, bro. I, we went out to the desert. Shout out to James Lafina. He was like there also. Like We just wanted to do things that was different. We had a basketball hoop in the middle of the desert. Mm -hmm. had the Rolls Royce drifting, which was crazy. Shout, shout out to Drama. Got a lot of headache for that. Drama was like, I heard you had a car drifting in the, the, in, in, in the desert. The car came back spotless clean. We had every not a speck in the car, bro. Yeah. Obviously, the video, he's like, are you crazy? Like, you're basically flipping. Are you crazy? You're going to have this. But, bro, my thing was, this is the next thing as well. Do so you want to talk about people behind the scenes or managers or people who, like, actually really, really thinking? I came across one notion when this whole thing was going on. We want a million views. Like, mm -hmm. this is so many millions now. But, like, I remember telling my guy that I wanted, like, he was like, Dre, I know I've seen a lot. I know a lot of influencers. I know you're having a, a, a video release parties. This is that, blah, blah, blah. I know you're going to, but how? Like, and I'm like, bro, 
So then when I looked, every, every, there was no music video, but every video, mm-hmm. there was some in Saudi Arabia, some of a, of a Rolls Royce Drifting had a million views. Every video on YouTube at that time had over a million, million views on a Rolls Royce Drifting, whether it was on grass, whether it was in the desert, where that goes, wow, smart. If we have the Rolls Royce Drifting the same time, we're going to definitely get over a million views. And that was that. Was, was that French Montana's Rolls Royce? No, that was oh, drama. Okay. Rolls Royce. Drama from Young and Reckless, that on the clothing line, Young and Oh. That was also on um, the TV show. Drama was on. Um, it hit me. Robin, Robin, he knows Robin, that, Robin, red, big, this, that. Was, yeah. Ridiculousness? Yeah, ridiculousness. There you go. Yeah. Man, here's another. Yeah, here's another thing, too, man. Honestly, like, you can have the hottest song ever, right? If nobody hears it, it doesn't matter, right? So. There's legwork. There's legwork that goes into really, really making these records blow. Um, and I read somewhere too that the congratulations music video almost didn't have Quavo in it. You gotta tell us what happened. <laughs> so I don't know, bro. We was doing the record. It was quite, quite an hour. I was paying for the music video, and they're gonna go and invoice the value of the label for it. And then I didn't know, but. Quavo, we threw him out, everything for the video. This is before they did the next day as well. It was a very short window. Next day, he had to fly off to not Alaska, somewhere up north, like to shoot the t shirt video. So we had that small gap. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that, or well, I didn't realize, or through communication or something, whatever, I don't know, he didn't get paid his clearance money. That's crazy. Offices, this. It was 20000 right? More than that, I was like twenty five thousand something. Like that. He said, "Like yo, if you don't get it, he's not doing." It. I, I understood because he's like, "Yo, if I don't get it, it's not happening." Yeah, I had forty minutes to find <laughs> while everyone's at the video shoot, waiting, ready, and not waiting, but ready to go. And he said, well, "That's the only basis that we're gonna do this song." Bro, the song turned out to be, I think today, twelve times platinum. Something like yeah. that. No, diamond. Don't talk about 12 times. It might be 12 times over 10, but it's like diamond. Mm-hmm. So it turned out to be a legendary thing. But these are the grind things like where you ask. These are the different things that people will know like where you have to like just things you have to make decisions in that minute maybe that could change the career or change the future. And you have to move fast and move sharp to what? That is like go 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 go. The only thing that matters is results, results, results. Nothing else matters. All the BS in the middle is all excuses. I say excuses are a comfort to a fool. It's like a toilet. Everyone could go and use the toilet. What's an excuse? Mm-hmm. Many of the people who get results. That's all that matters. Facts, facts. And the congratulations video was amazing. And did you guys plan on having it come out like right around like people graduating? <laughs> it was crazy because the way how we did that and the time it came out at the end of January and then the song started picking up pace. So by mm-hmm. the time it got to graduation time, it hit. It was like everyone was saying congratulations. Yeah. I remember seeing the school where they said everyone was going to fail was these kids in D.C. and they said it was like a bad class, a whole class of 
black kids, bro. Like they were all singing at after mm-hmm. congratulations and they all graduated. I was like, wow, you got something. And then throughout the year, different things that was happening, like it just, it made it his first top 10. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, I think it was. And I think if there wasn't no congratulations, would Rockstar be so big? So yeah. that's what I say to people, like there has to be a build level of has to be it's not just all oh, one thing and you're gonna work a record it just doesn't happen it doesn't happen like overnight facts man facts and and i also want to talk about the industry a little bit right when you first got post malone signed you thought that the label was going to kind of take it from there and do their whole thing so you let the foot off the gas right so like explain like what role you still had to play even though the label's coming in what exactly are they doing i mean every label's different but i'm just saying doesn't mean because you have I because you get assigned or you get a record deal that you feel like oh okay well they're gonna do it they're gonna do the work they're gonna they're gonna put this together they're gonna do this thing no one knows you as an artist or no one knows you as a manager as your team mm-hmm. knows better than you so you have to be able to formulate that you have to be able to have your own office. You have to be able to formulate your own statue. I don't care if it's in a house, in a room where you start, but you got to have your own core and make sure you don't forget that and keep moving everything from core. So when you do go to the offices or the buildings, you know what you want, how you want to move and what you want them to do. Because really and truly, it's crazy to say it, but like they, they're like the bank. That's it, like they like mm-hmm. the bank. Mm-hmm. Even if they give you marks, you got to still work that off. Like you may not, may not. Sometimes it might not even make sense to go and get an advance from from them. It's like it's 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 a it's a crazy middle situation, especially in this time, because you can effectively do everything yourself. Everything, Mm -hmm. every single thing yourself, and you don't need to have any major company make help and that's what russ is doing right russ is doing that right now but don't get me wrong the distribution is mm. great and when rockstar came at the time we finally the relationship was when you get that gel mm. and the relationship was and i'm like calling the calling the the, the monty Lemon and avery and charlie walker mm. like, what's going on i'm doing mm. what i'm doing like look the record is here and Spotify is here on Apple is here when Rockstar came out. And I was pressing them and pressing them because I wanted it to go number one in the first mm-hmm. week. And it went number one in the first week. And I was like, that's because of you guys on radio. We need to go more. And like, that's what they do. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, a label can press the button, but it mm-hmm. has to be the right time because if people don't know you on radio, at radio, radio ain't just adding you like that. Like, it's, it's a lot. And the timing... There's enough people know you away from radio because radio also is a certain age. It's like not, mm-hmm. but it's like a certain age. People were setting their way. People were working in their cars, this, certain buildings. Like, it just all has to be timed right and have mm-hmm. the energy and magic. And of course, the song has to be of quality. And then you can make a big record. Facts, man. And then speaking about Rockstar, too, I know that T-Pain was originally on there before 21 Savage. Oh, so. Well- I think T-Pain done a verse or something to it or something like that. I heard a T-Pain verse on there. Yeah, he did a verse to the record or something like that before, but the record wasn't a record yet. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a record. Like, 
Was Joey badass on it at first? I came up with the idea. No, Joey, when we was first in New York making it, Joey Badass was in the studio with Pop Well. Mm-hmm. I know was all in there, but like, he was in the studio at the same time. And we knew it was something the minute I heard it. I, I remember having clips of like me posting around saying, Dre, and I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like we knew right away it was, it was magic. And did you make that final call to have 21 Savage on there? Was there anybody else they were trying to get? It's me, it was my, I would say, take concept, but like, I said, yo, what about 21 Savage? <laughs> I remember he just, he often, I tried to get it before the verse before. Mm-hmm. With Metro. And then he had the big mix, the Metro mixtape came out. It was just, and then, phew. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was on the road or something. He was busy. And it was just like, after that, when that little time that like, he said, I, and he did the verse and he killed it. And I was like, oh, this is, this is out of here. Yeah, yeah. I was I was asking, was there anything the label wanted to do that you were against because it went because you were like, ah, I don't think that's a good idea, uh, you know, with Post Malone as far as his image or something like that? Yeah, many times. Maybe in the beginning more. In the beginning mm-hmm. more. Now, bro, they don't even they don't even They let you guys do whatever you want. They trust you, right? <laughs> Last conversation I had with the bosses and the label was like Great, great vision. <laughs> right now, just following your lead, whatever you're ready, like, bro. <laughs> so we keep it going, and that's it. That's how you want it, bro, man. That's yeah, man. where it's like, okay, we know when we put on that horse and that horse starts to go to races, he's ready to go, he's going. We've always come in with everything, package this, that, everything done, complete. Facts, facts. So, so give us some gems, man. Like, there's a lot of people watching us right now that are, are wannabe managers, just found an artist, and, and they're like, oh my God, this artist is amazing. What, what can I do as a manager? What would you say are the next few steps? Once you find somebody with dope music, the music is there, it's amazing. How can they help that artist blow up as a manager? Get prepared. Make sure that, like, okay, it's one song, cool, but you need to make more. You need to make sure that you have more than one song that can help you blow up. Make sure that album, make sure they have a catalog of, like, consistently making hits. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to the artist. Like, if you really think it's good, then go and start playing it around to other people. People mm-hmm. who you know might have a good air or they're always fresh on certain music. Get their opinion. Get the truth. Don't lie about it. Then formulate a small team, maybe two or three of you around the artist, one or two that's going to pick different things that you're going to do, different mm-hmm. operational jobs that you're going to do. And, oh, it's, it's not part luck. It's like being smart. Like, mm-hmm. it's a brand. So you got to treat it like you would treat any other brand, even down to every single picture you post on social media. Mm-hmm. That's your so everybody's watching and I mean there's there's a lot of different steps but you find the artist and you think he's good the, the next step is word of mouth the next step is the internet you got what you need right in front of you how are you going to get your voice to the masses what are you going to go and do different what does this artist have that's different than any other artist if it's similar to another artist why is it going to be different for everybody else to take it up You'll know differently, you get this gut feeling. And then after that, you gotta grind your socks off. You gotta grind <laughs> your socks off. You gotta grind your socks off and do every single thing that you 
can't. There's no one way. Now, everyone has a different way that they did it, but I can tell you one thing. They're consistent. They were hungry. Mm. They were passionate. And they didn't stop for what they believe in. Thanks. Appreciate that, man. The steps that you have all those things inside and you really, really, really believe in it. Start investing in yourself. Start investing in a few, one or two books. Start learning the, the smart ways of life. Like, start... Start to start doing the right thing, man. Facts, man. And then a lot of people too are diehard Post Malone fans. Can you give us a story, a funny story, funny, uh, maybe on tour, maybe at a music video, maybe it was a show, something, a funny story with Post Malone? Well, so many funny stories, man. I think, oh, one funny story, bro. Like we landed in Australia. And we don't know how these fans know where we're landing. Like, we're in a private plane, landing in an airport, private, and there's fans outside with, with signs and fans. We move and get to the car. They start running down the street, getting into their car, slamming the door, speeding off to follow us. That, for me, I was like, oh, wow. I mean, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff because I could name so many different things. But when mm-hmm. I saw that, I was like, oh, this is Post Malone pandemonia. Like, bro, like, it's crazy. Australia, Ireland. But, like, that particular moment in Australia, we're in a private plane landing in a private airport, and it happened two or three times. And to see cars racing, and we had to go and do blocks and decoys because we had the same cars, and no one knows what car is in because they're all tinted. Mm-hmm. We had to do decoys and block cars for them to not get in because it's like... It's like a movie. Like 15, 20 cars chasing to try and follow us. And we had to block them off and make sure they didn't catch the light and let him go. And then we're in the car, and they're trying to see if it's up. Like, bro, that for me was a crazy moment. That's insane. That's insane, man. That's crazy. So what what else what else should we be on the lookout for? Like what else you guys got coming up? What are we, you know, what are we checking out? Well, posting on an album coming real soon. It's fire. Like sounds This year? Yeah. End of summer? I mean you try to get it a lot. <laughs> Next month? <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. Yeah, me and him are having a conversation about dates right now. And like going through different songs, one or two, what might need to be finished. He told me at the number, the number to the other day, the track number, the track number. Like, yeah, I think this is good. This is like, I'm not gonna say, but he's like, I think, I think that's good. So like, when we have them calls at five to seven a.m. in the morning, anytime between that, I'm having that conversation. I know it's time. So yeah, he is, and um, also Tiger coming soon. Oh. Oh, he got something crazy as well. Like whole camps working crazy, bro. Tiger's Tiger's music is sounding like, like oh yeah, hungry, like on fire, like and it's just it actually sounds different. Like just I can play a, a, a selection of music that he has from start to finish. Mm-hmm. We're going back and rewinding so many songs. Like it's fire. Like he's. Being relaxed, taking his time as well, and I feel like making the best music of his career. And then Tyler Yahweh, his project is sounding round at his first album. Oh, yeah. Rager Boy? Yeah, we're releasing singles from it, as you can see. Um, mm-hmm. We did their single with the baby, and then we had the single with Tommy Lee, and we're just heating up for his album. And that's his album sounds like fresh and fire, and just like, sounds like he's been doing it for a long time, you know? Facts. 
consistently been working at it. Nice. Well, real quick, real quick, I just have a random question. What What was the first song that you heard by Tyler Yahweh that made you want to work with him? Wow. Hold on. I know you're like, why do you have to look for it? When I first heard She Bad, I was like, that's next. I was like, I was like, he's gone. Oh, that was a song. That song was, I think, was so big. It was bigger than him at the time. Like, you understand? Like, the yeah, song, yeah, I'm right there with you. I, yeah. You had a house, you had an open house, but you didn't have enough people to view it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, nah, we have to put this out, man. We have to put this out. But hold on, bro. He did a song with FKI first, bro. And that was the song. That was the song. It was four something, right? Four 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 or something. Yes, four four four. I like, <laughs> bro, that was it. In the beginning, that was it. When I was like, "Yo, ah, this Tyler Yowie kid, who is he? Who is this kid?" That four 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 record, bro, was fire. Started from there, and then after the four four four, we made a couple of records like Time Off or like Time. Yeah. Off. Even the relationship happened over time. He didn't pressure too much. Mm -hmm. Us not pressuring too much. And like, you know, someone you know who makes music at the same time. And like, oh, it just it just happened organically. And don't my biggest advice I would say is don't force nothing. People know mm -hmm. that you're forced. You can't you can look at something on your phone on social media or whatever, and we know when it's forced. People know when it's real. So my number one thing is like just don't push it. Just make it be mm -hmm. organic. Facts, facts. Is there is there a uh, music video you can give us coming up, or is there a next song or anything you can let us know? Or yo, you really trying to get the best? So <laughs> you round this up. Um, yeah, bro, there's like some real fire coming. Some real, 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 real fire. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I can just tell you that I'm that my my notes or not my notes, my um your Dre vision pad. And where I have music, rough music, bro, like, oh, it's so fire, man. It's just a lot of fire, you know? Thanks, man. I do appreciate your time, too. I thank you so much for sitting down and talking to us, dropping a few gems, you know what I mean? People are really learning a lot from this interview. Like, trust me. Trust and believe. Let's try it, bro. I, want, I, I do it for, for, for everyone who wants to wants to believe that they can do the same thing. And I'm living proof that they can do the same thing, coming from nothing to something. Like, I'm, I try to just be there and give as much jewels. Well, I know a lot of people don't, but I try to give as much jewels to those out there. Because if, if I can inspire someone out there today and give them, they hear one little spark that gives them a piece of advice that helps them take mm -hmm. something else to the next level, then... I'm happy. I'm that. I'm happy, man. One candle lights another, bro. One candle lights another. And obviously, I can't do it all the time because I'm busy. I won't be able to be working. Right. But like, I like to spread that knowledge, you know. And especially another thing for people who look like me. There's not many people who look like me at the top, and I want to be able to tell them that they can do it too. Bet. So once again, I'm Pro to Goat with Rap TV, and this has been Quarantine Questions. Make sure y'all hit that subscribe button and notification bell to stay up to date. We're dropping interviews all the time. Make sure you go get your Rap TV merch at rapart.com. And we got some rap art exclusives. You know what I mean? Like, y'all can go get that also at rapart.com. 
Uh, join our community by texting 908-341-0067. And as always, don't forget to smash that like button. And one last time, let's give it up for Dre London, y'all. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, bro. Good luck. You can quarantine the body. But you can't quarantine my soul.